NFC East is a dumpster fire. Yeah. You got the Cowboys with the high expectations every year. You got Cowboys fans going, this is our year. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name is Scott Kiwi. I'm the social media content creator for Legacy Park and now podcast host. Welcome to the Legacy Podcast, where we'll be discussing every opinion going on in the sports world. We'll discuss games from the MLB, the NFL, NBA, as well as different events going on at our facility. I'm joined alongside my good friend and co-owner of Legacy Park Sports Complex, Reagan Mills. Hey, how's it going? So, basically, Reagan, just kind of give a brief uh, explanation on the history of the complex. How long have you kind of been the partial owner of it? So, we got the place about a year and a half ago. Um, our, our family got it, and we kind of, I guess, have been trying to turn it around and rebrand it. We bought it. Uh, it was the Virginia Sports Complex, kind of older, kind of... Uh, uh, not not as popular as it used to be like about 10 years ago. And our vision was to kind of turn it around and make it just a cool place for baseball, softball, and basketball, and maybe uh, in the future more sports as well. Awesome, awesome. And, uh, you know, we have stuff going on at the complex every weekend. Um, and it's honestly uh, a great place to kind of bring, you know, the family for a good time, good baseball game, good basketball session. Um, so yeah, how, uh, how was your weekend this weekend? Football started. Uh, so good news. My fantasy did pretty well. Okay. Um, We're going to get into that for sure. Uh, I got one more back going tonight to secure the win, but, uh, my uh, team, the, uh, the Cowboys did not do so well, unfortunately. So I'm still a little bitter about that, but. Um, well, we definitely got time to get into it for sure. And we also have a special guest here. Uh, this is our first uh, show on the podcast. Uh, we have a special guest to bring on the show today. He loves talking about sports. He played baseball all throughout high school, and he's a big sports betting enthusiast. I'm sure he has some tips for all of uh, the people that are trying to, you know, have a good time with DraftKings and whatnot. Uh, he almost didn't actually play fantasy football this season. Please welcome Mitchell Sperling. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Pretty good. Thanks for coming on the show. So, Mitchell, I mean, you kind of uh, watched football, right? Just a little bit? Yeah. So, what are you? A, who are you a fan of? Oh, the Ravens. I've been a fan of the Ravens for 25 years of my life. They had a pretty good game yesterday, some would say, right? It was a great game. Um, it was a great game, yeah. They're looking... Like, they're picking up right where they left off last year other than the playoff game that they played, so. What do you think of, uh, you know, the no fans? And honestly, Reagan, you can you can answer this too. I mean, obviously, M&T Bank is one of the stadiums that don't allow fans to be there. What do you think that does for, uh, you know, the team, even though they claim that obviously they have good energy and stuff like that because of their own teammates? But how do you think that kind of falls into – um, their game plan. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely unfortunate. Uh, fan, I mean, the, the players love playing in front of the fans every week, and, you know, that's what they play for. They play for they play to win. They play to excite the fans, people to pay to get in the stadiums and watch these athletes uh, play football. And it's unfortunate this year that things have taken a turn, and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be 
fans back in the stands pretty soon because football is definitely something that uh, people in this country definitely bond bond over and love watching, love going to the games and everything. And you know, it's just just unfortunate situation, but there's really not too much we can do right now. I, I gotta say though, like as far as watching on TV, I think it it felt pretty like normal. Like it didn't really, you know, like yeah. Other than you could hear the hits a lot louder. You know what I mean? Like, when somebody got hit hard, you could definitely hear it. But, I mean, it, it seemed pretty normal as far as, like, watching on TV. Yeah, I mean, I think they had, like, the uh, the noise, like, cards or sound bites or whatever of, like, fans and, like, yeah. stuff like that. So I guess it kind of made it real. But one thing that we noticed was, you know, the Ravens, every time they make a big play, uh, whether it's defensively or all offensively, they like to kind of go to the cameras and, like, pose and do all their stuff and... It was just kind of sad to see, like, nobody was over there. It was just them kind of posing. They might not have even had, like, a photographer over in that direction. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think COVID uh, has definitely been a, a crazy part in football and just all sports in general. Um, but I think that, you know, the Ravens yesterday, they had a really good game. Uh, some, you know, might say that it was the Browns. It wasn't a real team. Like, what do you have to, what do you have to say about that, uh, Mitchell? Well, I mean... There was no preseason this year, so I mean, I, I really think from watching football that affected every team. Um, yeah, you know, they're still shaking off the rust. I mean, yeah, they're the Browns. They're they're not a very very good, uh, well run organization, and they're the Browns year in and year out. But I mean, still the Ravens. The Ravens came out. They looked sharp, and uh, the Browns didn't. And definitely, there were certain teams that you could tell um, needed to shake off that rust without preseason. I think I think it comes down to is uh, every team, as from what I remember, that had a new coach did not do well, which makes sense. Like the Bucks, talented, but they did not play very well. The Browns, I think, are talented, but new coach didn't do well. Cowboys, they did not do great, new coach. Um, and then, I don't know, a couple others. Uh, Panthers lost, they have a new coach, but even the more talented teams, the ones that had new coaches, lost to teams that, you know, had more, you know, established game plan, you know, more established... Uh, coach-quarterback combo. What do you guys think of uh, Cam Newton's uh, first game as a, as a Patriot? I mean, the Patriots are always pretty dynamic. Um, you know, obviously the Chiefs played on uh, Thursday night, but for Sunday, you know, the Patriots are a team that everybody likes to watch. What did you think of uh, Cam Newton's appearance? Yeah, I mean, Belichick's just got a great system there. I mean, any quarterback can succeed in that system, and I think, you know, Cam Newton going there... It's crazy to me that, that that no NFL teams wanted to pick up Cam Newton. He just landed in New England, and here they are competing for another they were, another AFC East title. They were in um the uh, they were in New England, right? That game. The game was in. It's crazy. It's crazy that uh, the Bears traded for Nick Foles and that huge contract instead of just signing Cam Newton for five million. Yeah. I still I still don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, I saw um you know when he was playing for the Panthers, I just didn't. There was obviously a charisma that was there at one point, but the the like the later parts of of him being on the Panthers, you could tell that I feel like his time was kind of up, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he had some injuries the last few years, and yeah, the Panthers decided to move on. New new uh, new coach, um, new new culture there, and they're a rebuilding team that that uh, you know Teddy bringing in Teddy Bridgewater's. Solid for them for the for the next I guess two years little bridge 
there until they can figure out what they got going he on. He did quarterback. Bridgewater did pretty well. I didn't see most of that game, but it looked like he did. Even though they lost, it looked like he did pretty well. Scored some points. But, I mean, like Cam Newton, basically, I mean, lots of times in any sport, some guys just need to change the scenery. You know, they get, you know, in a rut in, you know, one spot. They've been there for a while, and, you know, the fans and the front office are starting to lose faith. And, and just to change the scenery or a fresh start, you know, sometimes it works. And Cam looked pretty good yesterday, so maybe, maybe uh, he's back to all pro level. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we're, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what, what happens. Um, I'm really excited to see Cam Newton play for the for the Patriots. I mean, I know some people that picked him up on fantasy because he was kind of just left there. And I think Cam, he's a sleeper. I mean, I think people are sleeping on him. I wouldn't sleep on him. I know he doesn't have that system like how kind of, you know, Brady had with the receivers around him. He still has Edelman if, he need, if he's going to pass the ball. Um and it's going to be interesting, but I definitely want to talk uh, a lot about the the Ravens game yesterday because um, it was a big it was a big game. Um, we had rookie J.K. Dobbins get two touchdowns on the day. Uh, it's pretty big. Uh, I heard Gus Edwards kind of talking about how like they're all going to be utilized and everything else. Gus Edwards got a few carries yesterday, but it seems like J.K. Dobbins is going to be, you know, that second uh, kind of guy that they kind of put out there. So um, what do you th- what do you think about that? Yeah, well, I mean, Dobbins looks great. Um, our, our run game is just picking right up where it left off last year. I mean, we're going to be able to run the ball on these teams and, you know, just just dare these other teams to stop us. And, and it's, it's, it's an exciting offense. It's, you know, Lamar Jackson out here with the run pass option and it's just – <laughs> what do you think of that uh that kind of um he tried to like toss it to Mark Ingram like one of the uh on the first drive. Yeah, well, he was he Do you was, think he was going down and actually was, meant to throw that back to him or do you think he like was about to fumble I think the ball? He meant to throw it back to him, but he was he was halfway to the ground and when you're halfway to the ground you don't want to do anything that that's going to I mean you're so close to the end zone there. I think they were in the red zone on that and uh yeah, you don't want to lose the ball there. I thought um the Ricard, uh, the Ricard fumble. Um, that was unfortunate. It was still a, um, it was still a close game at that point, and it was that's they were trying to get too cute with that play. Just just run your normal plays. Um, yeah, you know, we I have mean these running backs and Lamar push him out wide. No one can catch him. Yeah, dude, that uh, that fake punt that Cleveland tried to tried to uh, throw. Reagan, I don't know if you saw that. Um, no, I didn't see that part. But <laughs> there was a fake uh, punt that the uh, Browns tried to es- uh, execute. And um, oh my gosh, dude! They literally like, they just they fumbled it, and then the Ravens picked it back up. I'm pretty sure they scored after uh, that play. Um, they got three points after that play, but that was a huge play that was made by the special teams. I mean, I feel like the the Ravens are really searching for that ring. I think they they feel that they've been kind of you know robbed out of that uh, the last few years. What do you think it's gonna take? Robbed out of it, like. Like, I feel like they just, not Rob, but they they didn't they didn't have the execution factor oh, in the playoffs. Stuff, yeah. right. Rob, right, 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 right. like the refs robbed you. Like, right. No, 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 not Rob. Yeah, not like a Saints fan now. Like, yeah, <laughs> not like that. But I think that um, that they, they're hungry for that, for that championship. What do, you, what do you guys think, you know, Lamar has to do in order to kind of prepare himself better for the playoffs? think literally just be able to re- replicate what he does in the regular season. He's only had, what, two games in the playoffs, and he sucks both games. So it's not that much, but 
he literally just needs to just not choke. The team is so good that if they can just repeat what they do in the regular season, they, they should go deep in the playoffs. So. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the NFL playoff system is definitely uh, different this year with that seventh team, extra wild card. You only get one bye. Uh, so it's definitely going to be an exciting ride uh, to who gets the one seed in the AFC. I think it's between the Ravens and the Chiefs. So, I mean, I think that would definitely help the Ravens if they, they got that by. Um, you know, playing in the first round, you know, you, you never know. that it could, get to Lam- it could get to Lamar. I mean, he, he knows he's 0-2 in the playoffs. Harbaugh knows Lamar's 0-2 in the playoffs. I don't want it to get to them. And, you know, you just got to come out and play your game and, and stick to your game plan. And I know they deviated from their game plan uh, last year in the divisional round against Tennessee, which is kind of where they just went downhill. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I just feel like... You know, this is kind of their year. I mean, you want to go back on Pat Mahomes, great quarterback, probably the best quarterback in the NFL, if, if we're going to be honest. I mean, him and Lamar, they're, pretty, they're both pretty good, but I will have to say, and Mitchell is going to love hearing this from me because he's a big Patrick Mahomes fan, I think Patrick Mahomes is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, People would argue that Lamar is better, but that's just that's just... I don't think he's second best. Who Russell, do you, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's pretty good. What a day he, he had does yesterday. almost basically what Lamar does with a fourth of the roster that Lamar yeah. has on the team. That's so true. That is that is pretty true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I must say Russell Wilson's definitely up there. Uh, I have him on my fantasy team. And um, I want to get into something, though, before we talk more about fantasy, dude. I want to talk about the Washington football team. Uh, making a big statement yesterday. Um, Mitchell, you uh, said you wanted to talk a little bit about the Eagles right there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's embarrassing for them to blow a 17-point lead to the Washington Redskins and its, excuse me, football team. Um, it's, it's embarrassing. I mean, it, it's, that was the worst loss uh, yesterday, for sure. 27 unanswered points. Like, I, I, was, I was like, there were so many games on at once that I was going back, like so many different games going back and yeah. forth. And it was seventeen nothing. I was like, oh, you know, you know, Washington sucks again this year, or whatever. And I come back and it's tied up. And I was <laughs> like, whoa! So I finished that game, and I don't know if it was because Philadelphia's front uh, offensive line was so banged up, or if Chase Young made that big of a difference. But their front seven looked scary good. Like they were, they were getting after the quarterback. They had like eight sacks or something, two forced fumbles. Like they looked. They look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think the addition of, you know, Chase Young being on that team, I think they're going to start building up a, a dynasty now. I mean... A dynasty? Yeah. You don't think that they could eventually become, like, a very good team? I mean, they could be a good team, but a dynasty, I mean, that's... You never know. You never know. Dwayne Haskins is a quarterback, a dynasty. You never know. I mean, I, I personally, like, I would love to see them do a lot better. Uh, I, f- I kind of feel bad for them. Um, I mean, they're not going to be... You know they're not going to be a a Ravens team or a Kansas City team, but I think they'll def they could definitely become more of a uh, better um, team. Well, you know, a much better team. I mean, that division is so up in the air. I mean, it's just the NFC East is a dumpster fire. I mean, yeah. You got the Cowboys with high expectations every year. You got Cowboys fans going, "This is our year. We're going to win the Super Bowl," and they had high expectations. I had high expectations for them this year, and uh, you know, after watching them yesterday. <laughs> they bring in Mike McCarthy uh, to fix their head coaching problems. And, you know, Jason Garrett wasn't the answer the last 10 years. They've had so much potential, and they brought in a coach to fix these exact issues, and the same issues 
happened yesterday. I mean, you talk about fourth and three from the Rams 11, and you're going to go for that, go for the win. You, you tie the game up there late in the game. I, that, was a, that was a head scratcher. Yeah. yeah that, was a, that was a really bad call. I, 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 what I have a problem with is third and six, the play before they ran the ball. Like, it, it, it's almost like they planned on going for it on fourth down beforehand, and I just, inside the red zone, like, I, I did not understand that. Those two plays at all, it 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 was a real head scratcher. And as a Cowboys fan, that 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 kind of stung a little bit. Yeah, we got Cowboys 0-1, Eagles 0-1, and the Washington Football Team sitting there 1-0 with the Giants playing tonight. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, maybe eight or nine wins wins that division this year. It's, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think the Washington Football Team is going to compete for the title, but you know, I, you never I know think, the next few years. I think it's still probably going to come down to the Cowboys and Eagles. I think Eagles, yeah. their offensive line was basically all out and the Cowboys, you know, they'll bounce back. They they were still in it, you know, and Rams is a good team on the road and they were still one bad call at the end, they'll probably win that game. So yeah. I think it's it's important not to overreact, but yeah. I mean they both uh kinda laid an egg on opening day. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely the two best teams in the in the NFC East, but I don't know if you've seen the, the Eagles schedule moving forward. It is brutal. I, I they, know they, they play, needed that game. They, needed they play that game. the Rams next, right? They play I the think, Rams next. Yeah. So they get yeah. They have a tough schedule if you look at it. I don't, it's going to be hard for them to get the seven or eight wins this year. I think. That's good news for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we, we'll definitely see uh, what happens with that. Obviously, we know that Eagles-Cowboys, I don't know if it's just because my old roommate was an Eagles fan and I know some Cowboys fans. I don't know if that's been like a rivalry now for a little while, but I just know that they definitely seem like they are both the uh, better candidates of that division uh, when it comes to trying to fight for a title. Uh, I would love to see uh, the Cowboys win it out, one, because I love, you know, making uh, – my old roommate, shout out Billy Edge, making him angry. Um, when they won the Super Bowl, that man did like a literal face dive in the snow, nothing on, like no shirt, nothing. So anything to, you know, make him a little upset. We were roasting him in the group chat yesterday because uh, we all do fantasy together, uh, which brings up a great a great point. How's everybody's fantasy doing so far? Um, Mitchell, you were about to not play fantasy. What, what, was, your, what was your reasoning behind that? Uh, it's just 2020 with COVID. You don't, you just don't know what's going to happen, and you know, just decided to play. It's... What was that deciding factor that kind of made you go, "All right, like I'm, I'm trying to play now." Oh, there was a realization that football season was right around the corner, and you know, it was, it just, football season just snuck up on you, like no preseason, and it's just, it's here. You got that, got that excitement again, you know, and you know, it was fun watching Red Zone and yesterday and playing fantasy and it's I, you know I know it sucks that there's no fans but it's football's on I'm gonna yeah watch it. what about you Reagan is this your first year playing fantasy uh first year playing fantasy uh like where you draft the team I don't know how like when you draft yeah one yeah roster. I usually play like DraftKings where like you just pick for that day but it's the first time I, I joined the league I guess um my team we both have like we both have one running back in tonight's game. I have James Conner for Pittsburgh. He has uh, Saquon. And it's basically going to come down to who has a better game. Uh, Saquon's the better back, obviously, but uh, Seattle has the better run defense. So it should be, you know, we'll see how it goes. But um, fantasy-wise, I think I did pretty well so far. I actually, 
It's funny. I actually um, I drafted a ton of running backs and wide receivers because I, I just read online that that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and so now I'm actually trying to trade Mike Evans. So, like, I put him on the block in our group chat, and I'm getting all these different offers. And yesterday, literally, like, I'm trying to play poker, right? But I'm on my phone almost the entire time, like, leveraging offers with these people. Like, this one person, I'm texting back and forth with them. I literally at one point asked for every person on his roster, on his, on his start, starting lineup, in different, like, you know, uh, forms of a trade, and he was getting annoyed. Like, dude, you're all over the place. Like, just pick a person. And I'm like, I'm trying to, but you keep, you know, turning down my offers. And it's it, it's fun. Like, I, I enjoy kind of being, like, in GM mode, you know, realize it's been uh been interesting yeah for sure um i i agree with you 100 percent. i think so i mean i personally uh i've always paid attention to football um but i think that when you add fantasy into it it makes you even more eager to watch um or gets you more excited i should say because obviously everybody loves watching football but playing fantasy it's just like you know reagan was saying you can kind of feel like a gm you're kind of moving people around and if we want to get into draft moments, I texted Mitchell uh, because, um, you know, I also heard that you are really trying to get running backs first. And um, I was like, Mitchell, you know, who do you think I should, like, make a list for me, to, like, who I should draft first and stuff like that. He's like, well, it really matters about your pick. It has nothing, like, first you got to see what pick you are because if you're not one of the first three picks, you're not getting Ezekiel Elliott, McCaffrey, even sometimes, you know, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I was like, Mitchell, like, what, what do you think I should do? Um, so he helped me out a little bit. But I ended up getting um, Josh Jacobs, who had a extremely good day yesterday. Three touchdowns. Uh, he got me 31 points. I mean, he literally got my highest amount of points um, right above Russell Wilson because I have Russell Wilson as my quarterback but the the Josh Jacobs that was a great you know pick unfortunately everybody had picked the Ezekiel Elliott's and the McCaffrey's and the Kenyon Drake's and the Chris Carr I mean everybody was already chosen so I'm glad that I got Jacobs I unfortunately had to get Todd Gurley and I remember showing Reagan my team like from last year a little bit and he looked at me he's like Todd Gurley bro you're crazy I was like, dude, I mean, Todd Gurley last year, I thought, helped me out a little bit. Uh, he's helping my team this year. And uh, Mitchell also told me to try and pick up Marlon Mack, who now has a torn Achilles. Yeah, that's just unfortunate. It's, yeah, it really is. Yeah. How about the Jaguars putting up 27 against – I picked up I picked Indianapolis' defense because I was like, oh, they're playing the Jags. They traded everyone. Like, yeah. they're taking yeah. – they're, they're going to get, you know, four picks. Yeah. And they put up 27 and won the game. Yeah, I, I I dropped them today. I dropped their defense and picked up Washington. I'm jumping on the Washington bandwagon for the time being. I mean, I'm spo- I'm supposedly I have the best t- defense in the league, and yesterday they got me one singular point. So to get get you a little bit of a perspective on my matchup yesterday. So my opponent, this guy, he has, I mean, literally a stacked team. He has Lamar Jackson. He has Christian McCaffrey. Chris Carson. DK Metcalf, I mean, the list goes on, okay? And while my team wasn't so far off of his team, his team did pretty well. And his defense got him 10 points. He has Buffalo's defense. So they played pretty well yesterday. My San Fran defense got me one singular point. I was supposed to come back. The final score was 125 to 109. 
But I remember Mitchell telling me before the games even started. He probably told me on Friday. What did you say to me on Friday? I told you the Cardinals were going to win that game outright. You did, but what else did you tell me about the matchup, my first matchup? You looked at me and you, were, you, you literally said 0-1 first week. Yeah. So after everything's going down, I have the, pro- like the projections to go further to possibly beat this kid. Pretty good team. Probably the best team in our league. Um, and I sent Mitchell a text. I'm like, dude, check this out. So, like, I'm literally, like, projected to win. This is before the um, San Francisco game started. Everything was – I'm like, as long as San Francisco has a good day, and not to mention Michael Thomas has a good day, I'm, I'm golden. You know, I figure Michael Thomas, he was my first pick. Oh, he did not have a good day. No. He got me one point – or, yeah, like 1.5 or something like that. So – now I'm like, well, well, sheesh, if Michael Thomas isn't doing that well, Marlon Mack is now torn Achilles. Now I'm not going to get rid of Michael Thomas. Michael he, Thomas will be all right. Yeah. He's Michael Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as far as Marlon Mack goes, today I had the wonderful opportunity. I'm claiming J.K. Dobbins. Doesn't mean I'm going to get him, but I put in a claim for him. I think he's going to really be able to help me um, with my run game. Uh, Gurley did decent yesterday, but I like having J.K. Dobbins there. It's going to make me feel a lot better, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think, because I'm pretty sure the guy I faced yesterday had Breeze and Michael Thomas on his team, and I had Brady and Godwin. And I, after the, I, just, I didn't watch most of that game, but I looked at the final score, or you know, towards the end of the game, and the Saints were killing him. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, he's probably killing me now because he's got those two guys. But Brady and Godwin made, got more points than Thomas and, and, and Breeze. I was, so I was like, that, I, I don't know how that works, but I guess when you're down, you're passing more, so it, uh, it adds up. But, I mean, that's, uh, I guess that's how fantasy works. And I, was, I was pleasantly surprised, I guess, when I looked that up. Yeah. Mitchell, how did your fantasy team do? Uh, I think it's still undecided. Uh, all my players have played. I think I'm up uh, – didn't do the math yet. I think I'm up in the uh, 30-something. We're going against two players tonight, Derrick Henry and Corbin Sutton. So we'll see how that goes. Should win. Derrick Henry, guy's a dog. Guy is amazing. Yeah, don't remind me. So, you know, best of luck to you, but I really do. I mean, that guy is that guy's insane. Um, but, yeah, transitioning a little bit, uh, we still <laughs> – it's crazy because all the sports, everything's kind of still happening right now. You got NFL starting, you have MLB as well. Um, obviously, we're, we're Orioles fans. Um, the Orioles in the past few years, uh, nothing I think will top their, you know, 20, you know, 15, 2016, like those years. It was amazing. But this year, they actually are doing a little bit better than expected. What do you think they're doing? Well, they're just they're uh, they're getting younger, right? So some of the some of their prospects are, are coming up and uh, performing well, um, but also their player development is just you know it's their second year with the new front office, new uh, coaches, um, and you know when they uh, when they got you know Michael Elias, the new GM. He came over from Houston with the whole idea of you know we're gonna you know we're gonna develop talent, we're gonna copy, I guess, what Houston did. Not the cheating part, obviously. <laughs> the, uh, the, the player development, which, you know, to be fair to Houston, they did, you know, over from 2011 to 2017, 
they did develop guys, you know, very well. So um, it's exciting to see these guys come up and perform well. I mean, you look at, I think a great example of this is somebody like Pedro Severino, who most people don't even know who that is, baseball, you know, around the league. But if there was an all-star game, he would be the starting, most likely to be the starting catcher for the all-star team for the American League. You just look at, you know, his player development, you know, across the board, you have um, Hanser Alberto, second baseman, you know, batting over 300. He was last year put on waivers four different times, four different teams. So it's just exciting to see the player development and these guys take off, I guess. Look, you know, you can, you can start to see the, the pieces, you know, coming together for the future. You know, a couple years down the road, we might actually be competitive. Yeah, and what do you think, Mitchell? I mean, yeah, you're an Oilers fan. Yeah, I'm hoping we can be competitive. It's definitely encouraging to see the rebuild process, like right now, how it's playing out. I mean, everyone is thinking we're going to, you know, in a 60-game season, maybe win 15, 16 games, and, you know, we're in the 20s right now. So it's definitely, yeah, like you said, the, the young guys are playing really well. Mountcastle too. And yeah, Mountcastle. Yeah. If if this was a full season, he, and, you know, he got like sixty more or eighty or however many more extra games past this, he would be rookie of the year candidate. But he came up halfway, you know, a month in, so he's not going to get the amount of at bats necessary. But he's killing it lately. Yeah, that was definitely pleasantly surprising this year. So, do we still believe that the Yankees are going to go all the way? I think, uh, you know, no, we predicted no them to do that, no and way. now it, uh, it's not looking that they way. Even if they get Judge and Stanton back, and they, you know, start hitting like they, they can, they don't have the pitching. I mean, outside of Garrett Cole, Tanaka is a two-starter, and that's not going to get you deep in the postseason 99% of the time. I mean... I mean, even Garrett Cole has been kind of shaky this year, but let's just say Garrett Cole goes back to, you know, 2019 playoff mode, Garrett Cole, that's still, you know, it probably won't be enough. I mean, there's just there are too many good teams, especially in the American League, too many good teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, I also saw that Boston's kind of down really badly um, right now. Oh, yeah, they're in last place. They're, they're, uh, they're below the Orioles right now. Yeah, they're, they, they might be in tank mode. <laughs> Yeah, it's looking got, like it. I mean, got a lot of huge contracts and not very many good young players, you know, controllable players, which is not what you want as an organization. So, yeah, their pitching hasn't been great either. Oh, yeah, everybody, they, they, at, before the season even started, everybody was out pitching wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just. What do you guys think of, um, you know, how, how important uh, was it this season because of the 60 games um, compared to the normal amount of games that are played, how do you think that's really affected these teams, you know, practice-wise, training-wise? Because a lot of these teams, they're playing games like double-headers, like, you know, Mitchell and I, uh, we hang out a lot, um, and we were hanging out, and he was like, yeah, uh, you know, these two teams, <laughs> the Orioles, they have a double-header, and it's, like, just starting at 9 o'clock. And, like, how does that, like, as a baseball player, as a baseball player, how would how would you guys feel about, you know, that stuff happening? So I actually one thing that I do really like about the MLB format is the seven inning doubleheaders. Each game is only seven innings on a doubleheader. I think that's I think that's kinda cool. Like those doubleheaders, even from watching it can get, you know, long, especially playing, you know, doubleheaders. You know, and like the Cardinals, they have like ten doubleheaders coming like, you know, since they had the COVID outbreak so they had to uh they had to miss like two or three weeks. 
So they literally have like a double header every other day to catch up. So that seven innings, I think, is huge. You know, you have playing, you know, ten games in a week. That would just be insane and not fair. You know, it's it uh, you know tires out the pitching and they're you know competing for a playoff spot. So that uh that that, that I think is a good idea that they should bring over to next year when they go back to full one sixty two games. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the uh the seven seven inning is definitely. Um, something that's going to be, you know, helpful for these double headers. I just, I can't imagine kind of going like back to back like that. Uh, especially, I mean, I don't think they would do that for high school. Unfortunately, right now, the high school season is not really looking, you know, like it's going to happen. But I mean, could you imagine like doing that in, in a high school season or even a college season? I mean, uh, double headers like that. Well, uh, high school, the games are seven innings, regular games. You don't play nine innings. Right. Uh, but college, I would be all for that. College, I mean, nine, nine inning games just one game is long. I mean, uh, two games, we had a couple doubleheaders in college. Two nine inning games is just, I mean, you're there all day. It's a, it's a long day. So I would be a proponent across all levels get putting that down to seven innings. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you know, you get what what is, you know, one of your favorite uh, memories from from college baseball, would you say? One of my favorite memories. Yeah. Uh, I would say, well, there was one game. It was a night game that I, uh, I guess, played particularly well. I had a go-ahead extra base hit the, in the extra innings. Uh, I think we were tied at six. And I had double, scored two runs, and then I came in and got the save. So I guess that was you know one of my good games, one of the few good games I had in college. Um, but uh, I guess that would be a highlight. You get the extra base hit and the the save. So that was that was fun. Definitely, and you know Mitchell, being a baseball player yourself as well, talk about you know your high school high school days playing baseball. Yeah, it was definitely fun. I, I you know I miss it. it was, you know I was always great in the field. wasn't so great hitting. So it was always fun to field and be a first base there. Very important position, obviously. Do you have, like, a favorite, you know, game that you were ever involved in where it was, like, really close and you guys ended up taking it away? Um, that was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I mean, I think I made a pretty good play in the field one time. Um, I think it might have been, I can't remember if it was my sophomore or junior year, I made a really good uh, diving play in the field that saved a run. And then we, in the late inning game, I don't think it was the last inning, I think it was the second to last inning, saved a run, and we ended up winning by one run. So that was... I was a guy on third base when I made the play, so I can definitely remember that. That was a good memory. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I think, you know, baseball this season, it's been pretty interesting. Uh, I've tried to kind of keep up with it as much as possible, and I think I'll keep up with it, obviously, um, you know, in the playoffs and everything else. But with NFL coming around, I don't know. It's just it's just really kind of difficult. I'm really, you know, into the, the NFL stuff. Um don't forget about the Stanley Cup playoffs still going on. Right That's now. what I'm saying. You got NHL yeah, going on NBA, too. Yeah, NBA's it. going on. We got everything going on at one time WNBA. right now. Yeah, WNBA. Um, but yeah, I mean, as as far as baseball goes, uh, it's it's pretty exciting this year. Um, it has been thus far, uh, and especially with with football too. Um, definitely too very exciting, and NBA has been pretty exciting. Um, 
I, I just feel like with the NBA, uh, there's just – I don't know. There's just so much going on. Reagan, I don't know how much you've, you know, watched the NBA uh, playoffs. Um, Pretty good amount. Yeah. yeah. I watched the uh, I watched the, the Celtics the other the other night. Not, like, recently, the, but, like, a week ago. Seven? Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was pretty good. Game six was a great game. Tell me about it. I mean, that was just – there was uh, the Raptors who, I got to be honest, that's their – Incredibly well run the Raptors organization because that that team Siakam he's pretty good but he's not having a great playoffs and Kyle Lowry's good but they don't really have any surefire stars the way the other teams still left in it do you know LeBron Kawhi you know Jason Tatum but they were in it all the way to the end Game Seven they were in it and it's just a testament to how good you know Toronto is at competing without having any you know big name uh stars which and late too yeah and in, in, in today's nba you think oh you need you know two stars and that's it you know, the lakers they have you know lebron and ad or Kawhi and paul george and i think the raptors i think are a pretty good example of you know, not necessarily there are different ways to build a, a potential championship roster for sure and uh yeah i mean fred van fleet uh, I'm just going to go back a little bit for when, um, you know, the Raptors, they, they played the Bucks. This was a few years ago um, in their playoff rounds, and they, the Raptors ended up winning uh, the entire thing. Um, but, I mean, Fred Van Fleet, he went off. Yeah, he did. I mean, I, I, I'm not too much of an NBA guy. I'm definitely, definitely more of a college basketball guy, and I was, I, was, uh, I, was, I was crushed when March Madness was canceled. That was March Madness, I think, I, I, one could argue that that's the best sporting event in Playoff-wise, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, March I saw, Madness is so exciting. I was I was talking about this the other day. I saw a uh, some sports page. They posted, they ranked the best, um, highest quality playoff experiences per sport. And they had uh, college basketball at one, NHL two, uh, uh, MLB, MLB three, NA, uh, NFL four, NBA five, and then college football six. And I thought that was perfect list. Mm-hmm. Like college basketball, two. I think yeah. easy is number one, and then NHL. I'm not a huge NHL fan, but the the playoffs do get exciting. The atmosphere there with the I fans. remember watching when the Capitals won. I was at a party and it was it was pretty exciting. And I I honestly I would say I'm a Caps fan, but I really don't care. <laughs> um, but it was exciting to watch that that playoff run, and then MLB. I think too gets really they turn it up a lot when they have fans, obviously. But it gets uh it gets pretty exciting. It's over baseball. Right? Yeah, I think, I feel like, I mean, I've gone to plenty of, you know, October baseball games, uh, you know, when the, when the, well, it might not have even been October, like when the Orioles kind of went far during that time period when they were pretty good. I remember going to a few of those games. The atmosphere there is unreal. It was like going to a a Duke game at at Cameron, like, what is it, Cameron Stadium, whatever, when Duke plays. It's, it's literally, they give you, they give us all like those towels. I went to the game one of the, uh. ALDS in 2014, and we were standing the whole time, you know, jumping, screaming. It was, it was literally like a college basketball experience. Yeah, it was. It was I, cool. uh, I've been to two Orioles playoff games. Um, game one against the Yankees in 12, and that was a loss. And game one against the Royals in the ALCS oh, in 2014, that was, so that was yeah. a loss. But I got, I do have to say, that atmosphere and that ALCS. I want that back. Maybe you that should back. stop that with the games. They're losing. <laughs> But now, you know, maybe in a few years, uh, definitely there's the towels waving and the, the fans getting crazy over the Orioles, and it's just, that was that was something else. Yeah. I remember I was so disappointed when, uh, in 2016, 
when uh, we we lost like we it, I forget exactly what happened but it was like we were already in the playoffs but if we won the last game of the season we would get the home wild card game but then we lost and then we had to go to Toronto which a is yeah. just a huge disadvantage yeah. for the team but b I was I wanted to go to the a wild card game one game elimination like that would have been insane but didn't work out that way and and Karnashian walked us off and we haven't been to the playoffs since so. dude I remember, remember when they were playing Kansas City. Yeah, I remember Mitchell. Mitchell has a video of him going absolutely nuts when they won. <laughs> what they do? They won like the first round, right? Or their first game that they played against them. Was this, this might have been in the series? It was your was senior year of college, I think. No, it was twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen, not your senior year. Yeah, no, my friends. Yeah, when I was in college, they were recording me. It was actually the game that we won the division. I think earlier in the regular season, and it was just exciting. Um, definitely making it uh, to the division series. So don't, I'm, I'm not. So this is going to be, I guess, a little bit uh, out there, a little bit controversial, and I'm in no way accusing them of anything. But so this past playoffs for the uh, twenty nineteen. In the ALDS, when the Rays were playing Houston, in Game Five, Alex Rodriguez was doing post game, and he was talking about how the Houston Astros knew what Tyler Glasnow was throwing. Right in the first inning, they were jumping on the fastball, they were sitting back on the curve, and he. This was before the cheating scandal broke, so he was saying somehow Glasnow had to be tipping his pitches, right, giving away what he's going to throw. Now we know, oh, they actually probably were cheating, and that's how they knew. Um, but he, he said that when it came out. And back in 2015, I was sent, 2015, 2014 was when the Royals were knocked out the Orioles. And, but in 2015 especially, I always said, if a team was cheating, I think the Royals would be. Because I remember that postseason, and a little bit in 2014 too, they would be down some games. Like I think the game five in 2014 or 15 against Houston, actually, they were down like four runs in the eighth, and then they scored like six runs. And it was just, I don't know, just they, they always seemed to get the timely hits right when they needed them to. And I'm in no way accusing them of cheating, but if some team were cheating, yeah, I feel like, I, feel, I don't know. Like, it I don't could wanna, have been that. I don't want to accuse them of cheating, but like, it, it, it was suspicious. And I, I was saying this before the Houston Astros thing broke. So when that did break, it got me thinking like, I wonder how many other teams have cheated before we just didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's the first one I thought of. And maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I hope they weren't. But it just makes you think, like, they were the, the first ones to get caught where they're the first ones to actually do it. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think, Mitchell? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I definitely think, you know, what the Astros did was just sickening. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, you never know. You never know what organizations do that. You know, I, I think in sports, every team – you know, tries to get an advantage in some way, shape, or form, and some teams just cross the line and go a little too far. I mean, take a look at what, you know, has happened in New England for the New England Patriots for the last 15 years. They've definitely uh, crossed the line a few times, wouldn't you say? I was about to say, you know, you talk about, like, the baseball stuff, but you also have to think about that stuff. I mean, and you also have to think, potentially, there could be teams that aren't even getting caught doing something that they have done. It's just very interesting yeah. to me. So, a lot of people like conspire, like they have a conspiracy that, like the NFL, like basically plans how people like get into the Super Bowls and other stuff like that. 
I mean, we just don't know really what – I mean, nobody really knows, like, what teams could possibly be doing behind closed doors. Yeah, and I really hope that it was Houston Astros were, like, the one-time thing, and hopefully it's better now, though – the way Manfred handled that situation was terrible. I mean, no player got anything. So why should teams bother to cheat now? Because if they get caught, like, what's the punishment going to be? The the GM's going to get fired. Like that's <laughs> so that 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 was bad. But hopefully teams are have the integrity to not cheat. And if they don't, hopefully they're still too scared to not cheat anyways. But um, so do you? So the the Astros got. They got um, they got officially busted for twenty cheating in twenty seventeen. Okay. But lots of people were saying that they were still cheating in twenty eighteen and nineteen. They just weren't doing the trash can. Do you or either do you guys think that they were because you know the whole when Altuve hit that home run against the Aroldis Chapman, how he was saying don't tear yeah, my shirt off. Yeah, yeah. They they didn't get none of that ever got uh, like. That they never got punished for that specifically by the MLB. Everything that they got busted for by the MLB was 2017. But 2019, I think, I mean, if you're wearing a, a wire under your shirt, that's like next level. That's like, a deal. That's super uh, an intricate system. Like, that's that's insane cheating other than just banging on a trash can. So, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I don't know if you heard his excuse, too. I think he said, um, what did he say? Something, something like, it. I got yeah. a bad tattoo. Or I something. mean, that's I didn't just, want to show it. That's interesting. <laughs> I haven't heard a good excuse. Like, if I if I, I see something and I think, oh, you might be cheating, if I hear a good excuse, I'll try to, like, okay, I, I you know, that that's a legit answer. He had a bad tattoo. Like, that's that's just, there's I can't believe that. Like, I, I'm still waiting to, to hear an actual real excuse for, for what happened there. I mean, he went immediately into the dugout, changed his shirt. Like, that's, or not changed his shirt, but, you know, he yeah, immediately went into the dugout like that. That was... I don't know. That just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, and uh, you it's a poor tell, excuse. Chapman knew too. As soon as he hit that, he started smiling. Like that was just it. Just it, it ruins the whole game. Like you, you can't you can't have that. And you you got to be able to punish the players too, like appropriately. Like I wouldn't be mad if they banned people for life. Like that you can't cheat. Like Pete Rose is banned for life. And what did he do? He, Gambled on his own team or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and these guys cheated their way to the to a World Series. Yeah, I and I think, I think that they have to make things a lot more you know fair. But now there's just so much more advancement in just different ways that these people could possibly get away with with cheating and everything. I mean, I'm shocked that they didn't you know look more into, you know, the Astros stuff, yeah. or at least they probably did, but. Probably could only go so far yeah, with so it. What they want, the reason why the uh, the players didn't get punished is because they wanted to figure out what happened. So they granted the players immunity, so that they could get information from the players. So I understand like the thinking process behind not punishing the players, but you can't do that. Like you have to figure out a way to get information elsewhere and not give the players immunity because that's that's just terrible. Like, can't do that. That just goes to uh, goes hand in hand with this. So, like, do you think if let's say that he did do something, should everybody be in trouble because they possibly knew about it, or should he everybody, like, like the whole team should fall for the repercussions of that one person cheating, or do you think it was an entire team like invest like you think it was an inside job between the entire team? Well, so if you're gonna cheat like that, you want to tell as little people a little as little amount of people as possible. 
So I don't think that the farm director <laughs> knew that they were cheating like that. Maybe he did, but I, I doubt it. But you can figure out who specifically. You can at least, I mean, do your, do your, you know, get close enough to figure out who specifically cheated. And you don't just, you don't punish people because they're a part of a team that cheated. I, I wouldn't agree to that. You punish the team and then you punish the individual players who you can, you know, get proof, you know, and bust that cheated, uh, you know, that, that profited from the cheating. But you can't just punish, like, you can't give... I don't know, some random player from the Astros, a 25-game suspension, if you didn't, you know, bust him specifically. You can punish the team, like which they did to a certain degree, and then you can punish individual players who you can point and say they cheated and here's proof. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I've been in situations, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of that. I've been in situations where, like, if one guy does something wrong, it's the whole team's fault. Doesn't matter if you knew about it. Doesn't matter. Well, it's still the whole team's fault, but I still don't think you can suspend guys because now you're affecting that guy's money. Like that's yeah. If they didn't cheat, like you can't prove that that guy knew about it. I mean, you can, but it'd be really hard. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I mean, the moral of the story is, don't cheat. <laughs> but some people in this world, you just it doesn't. The thing is, they were a good team, like. They honestly, they could have won a World Series without cheating. Like, that was a good team, and they did it, and now, yeah. It, you can go with the same thing, though, with the with the Patriots and their cheating scam. Like, why yeah, Why would somebody on the Patriots, they have a, the be- they have the best team. I mean, it's it was it was easily seen that year that all that stuff was going down. Which, uh, which cheating are you talking about? The one, uh, the I think it was the so one. Many of them we gotta, there, yeah, we gotta think about it. Well, there's two big ones: there's <laughs> the, the, the deflate gate, gate, and then there's the the video video stuff. So yeah, so I was talking about the video stuff, and I remember talking to like um some friends about that when it happened, and I was just like, why would they go out of their way to do that when they did? Who would they need to get film on? How, yeah, how, we were talking about last year when they were at a, the Bengals-Browns game or something like that. Right. The Bengals were their next week opponent. It's like you're, you're really scared of the Owen – what were they, Owen 11 at that time? You're scared of the Bengals? Like, and the Browns who maybe yeah. won what, one more like one more game than the Bengals? Yeah. The thing, the thing that I think the reason why, like, the, when the Astros cheated, they entirely, like, immediately hated them. Like, people still hate the Patriots, but it's not – the Astros thing was way bigger, I think, than the Patriots. And I think the reason is because – I think both years that the Patriots got busted cheating, the Flakegate and the video camera, I don't think they ended up winning the Super Bowl. I think because the one year, they, last year they went undefeated, but then they lost in the Super Bowl, if I remember correctly. And then the Flakegate, I think, was like 2015 or something, and they didn't win. And then last year they got knocked out the first round or something. So I think that might be a difference. You know, if you cheat, but then you don't win anyways. It's kind of just like, yeah, you shouldn't do it, but... Nobody really cares, but the fact that the Astros won it all makes people mad. Like, yeah, you cheated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely moral is you know don't cheat. Um, I mean that just I can't believe uh, the Astros or or New England when they had to deal with that. Um, but you know, Mitchell, I want to you know touch a little bit because during your introduction we said that you were a big you know sports betting enthusiast. So, what were your picks this past weekend, and how many of them actually hit? You win some, you lose some. It's, you know, same thing. But I had, um, 
Uh, well, I definitely had the Ravens. Uh, they were favored by a touchdown, and that was, you know, a 38 to six game. Um, I did. Um, I did have Dallas, and that was just a very, very disappointing and frustrating game to watch last night. So that that didn't come through for me. And you know, we already discussed that before. But I, you know, coaching is just some head scratchers there, and it was just very, very frustrating. Um, I had the uh, over in the Seattle Atlanta game. Uh, I, I didn't think that the defenses would be able to. St I knew Atlanta was going to score, and I figured Seattle was going to win that game, so they were going to just. Outscore them. Those are two teams. Those are two offenses that can definitely score touchdowns, and they were those points were coming in that game. Atlanta scored a ton of fantasy points. Yeah, ever been on that team? Like yeah, three guys over 100 yards. <laughs> Some big games. Some big games. And uh, lost too, right? yeah, <laughs> coming up though, um, you know, obviously we have tonight. Who do you, who do you think is going to win tonight? Well, um, I think I'll go with the favorites tonight. I think Pittsburgh's going to beat the uh, Giants, and I think the Titans are going to beat the Broncos. I mean, I originally originally liked the Broncos in this game, but they have a couple. Uh, they definitely have a couple injuries. Von Miller, Von Miller being that's out is. That, I mean, that is that, huge. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a dagger right before the season starts. Yeah, you know how Drew Locke's going to play. I think the Broncos' offense is going to be, you know, pretty decent, but we'll see. Uh, they're going against Derrick Henry. I was about to say, do you think they're going to be able to stop Derrick Henry? defense right now. The thing I will say though is I feel like usually the Titans get a small amount of hype. They're not usually like, oh, they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they usually get a decent amount of hype before the season starts and then they kind of suck at the beginning of the year and then they, you know, they, they get back into it later and they finish 9-7 and seven basically <laughs> yeah. every year, but I feel like like last year, I think they played the Browns first and, you know, they were uh, they, they beat them but then and everybody was like, oh, you know, the Titans are going to you know, be good this year, and then they lost the next three games or something. And they had to crawl back into a playoff spot. So you never know. I mean, the Titans, just when you think they're going to be great, they suck. And just when you think, oh, they suck, they do something great. I was so mad last year um, when they played the Ravens in the play. I mean, like, I literally, obviously, I knew that the Titans were – they're not, like, the worst. I mean, I knew we weren't going up against, like, a team like the Bengals. But I knew, I was like, dude, Lamar, the Ravens, they have this. They have we were, it. They're good. We were much better than them. We were much better than them. And we also did, I mean, look, here's the other thing about this year that's different. Well, one, everybody's a little bit more healthy. I mean, Mark Ingram, I mean, he, he was really suffering um, in that game. Uh, he was trying to, you know, play it out. You have Hollywood Brown who could run routes, but his foot was injured. This year you have a lot more strength. But, dude, last year when I saw Derrick Henry run against our defense, I was like, wow. I mean, I couldn't believe that. Well, it's also the beginning of the year, too. Like, you're healthy now, but right. if you meet him again in the playoffs, you might have the same or more amount of injuries. So. Yeah, now you got you COVID to, to deal with. So that, too. I want to know, though, what do you guys think about – I mean, we already kind of talked, yeah, like, you know, what do you think Lamar has to do? What do you think, like, goes through his mind that offsets him from it not – like, from it being – I mean, maybe it's because it's the playoffs. Playoffs is obviously not the regular season. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy that literally had what it took last year to at least get his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, late in the year – these teams get hot, and the Titans got hot at the right time. They, they're coming off a win in New England. They have the confidence to go into Baltimore and play the way they did, and they were 
you know, Tannehill was airing it out when he when he needed to, and Henry was running all over us, and you know, we got down in the game, and you know, I, the coaches, the players, they all got in their heads. It's like you know, because we weren't playing come from behind football that whole year, we were blowing out every team for what was it, twelve weeks in a row on their twelve game win streak. So they weren't used yeah. to that, and they just deviated from their game plan of running the football, and it was just it just got worse and worse, and we turned the ball over, and you know, it's you can't come back in the playoffs like that when you're facing a hot team. I think uh, usually what's good for a championship team, and usually it happens, a championship, it happens to them, is a loss in the last third or half of the season. Like a pretty bad loss, too. Like the Chiefs, I remember they lost to the, I think the Titans on a field goal last minute or something, or got blocked. Um, and the Ravens, you know, because that loss is kind of like a reality check, you know, it regroups you, it remotivates you. And the Ravens, like, they started off 2-2 two and two, and then they went 14 in a row. And they never had that reality check loss. And like he said, like, they just come from behind. It, it didn't, uh, they, they, uh, they weren't used to it. And, you know, they lost, like, 35 to whatever it was. Dude. I remember, Mitchell, remember when we spoke and you were like, they're not going to beat Seattle. They, they're not going to beat Seattle. Well, this was, yeah, they're well, not going to beat... This was before the season started. So, like, sometimes I like to look at the Ravens' schedule and I like to say, like, you know, what games are they going to win? What game, and that's so hard to do But in April when the schedule comes out. Right. Like, it's always exciting when the schedule comes out. You like to do the win-loss, win-loss. Um, you know, I had them, I think I had them at, like, 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six last year. And, you know, there's that Seattle game. Was like I, I usually like to pick out a game where it's just like I don't think like I don't think the Ravens are gonna win this game like and I thought that was they proved me wrong there and they just went on and they won all these games yeah, yeah those are impossible to predict like who thought who who had the Forty Nine ers going to the Super Bowl yeah. like thirteen and three like yeah. that's yeah I um I mean I definitely <laughs> I was kind of joking but uh I mean as you know a person of of their team you're always gonna think that your team's gonna win even when it's the hard games you always have faith. I just remember looking at Mitchell. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, the Ravens, they're going to be fine. They'll probably lose a few games, but we're going to be like, what I, what I say, the yeah, final. I think you said they'd be 13-3. and three, and Yep. I, I looked at you like you were crazy. I mean, we were 40-1 to one to win the Super Bowl going in the year. So, I mean, no one, no, one, no one had us like that. And, you know, we got so close at the end. Yeah, I think, I think next week's game for the Ravens is going to be pretty good. Um, you know, Texans. Deshaun. Deshaun. But last year, we were at that game, and they blew him out. There was a bunch of hype for the game, and Ravens, I think, won 41 to something. The Texans might be pretty bad this year. I mean, they, they had Deshaun Watson, and then nobody, nobody else. Nobody else, yeah. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. And they don't have their first-round pick next year, so. <laughs> they gave that up for uh, – Offensive linemen. Oh, wow. I mean, they played, the, they played the Chiefs in the beginning portion. They were playing them pretty decently. I mean, first half at the end of it was like 14-7, and I really was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, Super Bowl team coming out. I, I figured it would be a little different, but I also took into consideration. First game, no preseason. So everybody's kind of like, if you're new to the system, it you got to get, you know, used to it. Um there were a few few plays. Same thing with like with Brady being in the new talking about like the yeah, new thought, system stuff. I, thought, I think the Bucks would be fine. I th- I thought Brady did not play well, but I, I I thought you know they they were coming back there at the end, and then he kind of fell off the fourth quarter. But I mean, 
I think Tampa Bay will be fine. I think, you know, first game, new team, like, it's not the end of the world. Uh, Saints are an incredible team. Yeah. Like, yeah, Tampa's in a tough division, though. I mean, I I do agree. Tampa's got all the pieces there. They just got to put them together. I, I personally, you know, Brady going against Breeze and, and Matt Ryan and the quarterbacks in the NFC South, I don't know. We'll see how they do. I mean, you know, if Brady doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, last year, last year the Bucks were competitive with Jameis Winston. He just the problem was he was throwing yeah. interceptions on every, any every drive, and we know Brady won't do that. So we'll see what happens with them this year. So, what are you guys' uh, Super Bowl predictions? Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, well, I definitely think that my have my AFC Championship game is uh, Ravens Chiefs. Uh, don't know where that game's going to be. We'll see who comes up with the one seed. Um, I'm gonna go with the Ravens this year, and I'm just gonna, you know, I have a Ravens Super Bowl ticket, so rooting for that. And in the NFC, I'm gonna call the NFC Championship game the way the Packers played yesterday. And Aaron Rodgers, you can never count him out. I think he will be in the NFC Championship game uh, playing against Drew Brees. I know they've never met in the postseason before, actually. And I'm, I, I want to see a playoff game between Rodgers and Brees. And I got the Packers or Saints. All right, I'll go with Ravens over Saints this year in the Super Bowl. I think Cowboys, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm not one of those Cowboys fans, but um, I think it, it's so hard for me to pick against Mahomes right now. I mean, it's kind of an obvious pick, but I gotta go Mahomes representing the AFC, the Chiefs. And then the NFC is just so loaded, so deep. Saints are great, but they just they can't seem to put it together. Um, I don't think Breeze is old, and I, I honestly don't, I don't think he played too great. Like, Aaron Rodgers played amazing, and that was the reason why they did so well. I think the defense is the biggest reason why the Saints did well. Uh, I don't think Breeze has, still has it in him to go to a Super Bowl. Maybe I'm wrong, but hopefully I am wrong. But um, I would say NFC, I think maybe Seattle. I think they don't have as good of a roster as the New Orleans or, or Green Bay, but... I don't know, Russell Wilson, he just, he has the experience, you know he can do it, and he's just, other than Mahomes, the best the best quarterback. That would be a great Super Bowl, too. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I definitely have the Ravens go, and it has really nothing to do with me uh, just being a fan of the Ravens. Um, I think that if you kind of backtrack and you look at Patrick Mahomes' uh, you know, background, he came in third season, and he ended up winning a Super Bowl. Um, I think Lamar Jackson has kind of the same mentality and the same type of uh, dynamic that Patrick Mahomes does. And I think for years to come, it's going to be between Kansas City and the Ravens. I mean, Patriots, they might, you know, make a little bit of a comeback, but they have to get more weapons first, in my opinion, uh, for that to happen. Um, but I definitely believe that, you know, it's definitely going to be Ravens. And I would love to see Russell Wilson and the Seahawks uh, go back to the Super Bowl against the Ravens. I think that would be a very good, entertaining Super Bowl. But I, I can't shy away from the Saints either. I mean, they're they're obviously pretty good, pretty good receiving core. Um, their defense, it played pretty well against the Bucks. So um, I definitely could see one of those two. But 100%, if it's not the Ravens, it's going to be the Chiefs. So, I don't know. Never count Belichick out. I don't know. Like, it seems crazy to think about, yeah. but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they never go away. That is true. They do never go away. Um, but I also, just real quickly... What do you think of the Browns kicker yesterday who could not complete any extra points or field goals? Oh, yeah, they're, they're going to have tryouts this week. I 
that's the most yeah. Browns thing there. <laughs> it is, but it takes me back to thinking about, like, the Billy Cundiff days where, like, dude, we had to get rid of him. I texted Mitchell literally, and I was like, dude, the Browns are cutting their kicker tomorrow. Mark it. So, we'll see what happens this week. Yeah. yeah, we'll definitely see what happens this week. We'll see if you can get it together. But, yeah, I uh, just want to obviously thank everybody again for listening. Um, you know, this is going to be a, a nice uh, amount of podcasts during the week. Obviously, we're talking a lot about football. There will be more about MLB, NBA, uh, and some NHL stuff as we get, continue to go into playoffs. But uh, I want to thank our guest, uh, Mitchell Sperling, for coming on the show. First uh, guest on the show. Thank you. Thanks. For- yeah, definitely. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, definitely Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and there will be uh, more sources as well. So please subscribe. Thanks for listening. See you next time.